Rise and shine, bitches. Welcome back to another episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. Um, so I'm starting off this little chief complaints episode, a little Friday chief complaints with my chief complaint of, I think I have a concussion, question mark. Um, a very minor one, uh, not to not to um, alarm anyone. See, my brain is already working slower. So basically this morning I was walking Ellie on our little morning walk and then we were walking through the woods and there was this really muddy patch. And then I don't really, it just happened so fast. I think I just like slipped on it. And like, when I tell you guys, I was like a cartoon character, the way that like, you know how cartoon characters, when they fall, their legs like swing in the air and then they're horizontal. Like I was airborne for many seconds. And I kind of remember thinking like, oh my God, this is it. This is how it all ends. Like my whole life like flashed before my eyes. And then I fell onto the ground and then I tried my best to like not have my head hit it, but my head like hit the ground like really hard. It was like, like, I, th- I think I literally, like, heard a noise. I don't know. I, like, felt that feeling. If you've ever hit your head before, I, like, felt that feeling. Like, I swear, <laughs> I'm such a hypochondriac, but I feel like I could literally feel my brain, like, bumping around in my skull. Like, from the front to the back. Like, it, w- it was, like, a lot. So then I had, like, the air knocked out of me for a couple seconds. It was honestly kind of cute because Ellie made this little noise that was, like, oh, like, she was, like what happened? Like she like turned around and was trying to see if I was okay. Um, but then finally I got the air back in me and I kind of like composed myself and then I was fine. But then I came home. I had like this whole list of plans I wanted to do today. I had to like get an inspection. I had to like be busy and stuff like that. But, um, I I had to work out, but then I was like, maybe I like shouldn't work out right after this. So then I kind of just like rested all day and just prepared to record this episode. But yeah, my neck hurts like really bad. Um, but honestly, all things considered, I don't think it's a bad concussion, honestly. Uh, even though I just described, like, the trajectory of my brain sloshing around in my skull, I don't think it's that bad. Um, I looked up symptoms, like, I'm not nauseous, not really dizzy, I was just kind of sleepy and then I took a nap and felt better, like, it's really just, like, the neck and head pain, like, the physical pain from being slammed on the ground. So yeah, anyways, that is what I'm dealing with today. Oh, but I was concerned because like some of the side effects were like moodiness slash, which I'm always moody, but one of the side effects was like changing personality. And I was like, I can't have my my personality change. That's like everything. Like, I don't know, for some reason, is anybody else scared by that? The fact that if you have a concussion that your personality could change? Because that's like crazy to me. Anywho, that is my chief complaint for today. So um, yeah, if my personality changes, I don't know, I guess that's what we're working with. Anyways, today for chief complaints, you guys submitted two awesome questions. Thank you so much. So I'm going to start with question number one, which is, I need help with feeling okay with where I am in life right now. I feel like I'm not where I should be compared to classmates, which uh, I wish I could like reach through the screen and give you a hug because I think like we really have all felt that way before. Like the first thing I want to tell you is like you are not alone. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling this way. This isn't a sign that you're behind. It's not a sign that like you're not living up to your potential or a sign that like you should give up on whatever you're doing. Chances are it has nothing to do with your timeline, but it may be something else. And I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But first, just so you know, like I said, I definitely go through times like this. I just had an entire discussion with um, on one of my calls with my nervous system coach about this where we talked about how it's so hard, especially for women, because our society just values how young we are, our youth. If you take a look at news articles, it's always about like praising the prodigies is what I called it. It's all about being like young and successful, young and doing this. Like, can you believe that they did this by this age? Like when really a timeline is just bullshit. It doesn't matter how young you are when you achieve something or how early you get it or how fast you get it or how easy you get it. 
Like these are all external metrics that don't really mean anything. They look really eye-catching when you're writing a news article, which is why they like really kind of promote this. But in reality, it doesn't mean anything. Your your achievements aren't and worth any less just because you achieved it at a certain age or by a certain time. And I think with social media, it's just really easy to see everywhere you look, it feels like everyone is progressing faster and easier and better. Like these are all adjectives that we use to compare ourselves that again, they don't really mean anything. Um, I think a lot of it is just because like growing up, like the first like 18, 20 something years of our lives, school is all about following a specific path, right? Like there's certain courses that you take and certain degrees you get. And like, just, it's all about being on the same trajectory as everyone in school. It's, it's literally all like measuring up like class average, like that kind of stuff. After that, after school, we don't really have any clear indicators anymore, but we're still trapped in that mindset because that's, that's really all that we know. It's, it's no one's fault. Um, it's just the only thing that we know. We still try to compare ourselves to others. We still try to size up like where we should be in life versus where other people are, if anyone is early or behind. And I think a lot of this happens when we feel very unhappy or stressed with our own situations. It's just normal to think that the answer is around us and looking around and thinking, oh, it must must be because I'm lacking this thing that other people around me are doing. Or maybe it's because I'm lacking whatever it is that these other people have. When in reality, it's actually really sad because we're just constantly measuring ourselves up against something fake and curated. Like we really have no idea what's going on in other people's lives. It's just, think about like what you feel comfortable sharing, right? And how many times you like see a photo that you're about to post and then you're like, yeah, I don't really like how that looks. And then you take it down and you post a different one that you think looks better, right? Other people, we're looking at everyone's like top, you know, like highlight reels and stuff. And so I think what it really is, is it's not so much about being behind because in order to be behind, there would have to be a certain timeline. And there really is no timeline, especially like if you don't believe in it, there's no such thing as a timeline. So you can't really be behind. So it might be instead of measuring up against this arbitrary timeline, instead, it's more about you actually liking the life that you're living in. Because if you did, you wouldn't be taking those binoculars out and checking out everyone else around you as much. You'd be so happy and fulfilled and busy with your own life. It's not, that's not to say like you'd be happy 100% of the time. And this isn't supposed to say that your life is horrible or anything like that. I think for the most part, all of us, we live pretty okay lives. Like we have high moments and we have low moments. We're somewhere in the middle of that. And yet we all let ourselves feel this way and compare our timelines from time to time. So yeah, what I'm saying is it's not as extreme as like you hate your life and this is why you're doing it. Because chances are you probably have a great life and most of the time you feel that way. And so because of that, it's not as extreme as like changing your entire life, but maybe it's just about finding out what area you would like to make a small change in. So that includes things like thinking about like, are you taking care of yourself? Are you feeling healthy? Are you happy with the quality of your relationships? Like that's really huge. I remember seeing a study where like the key proponent to feeling happy, um, they like did a study on this, was actually the quality of people's relationships. Um, you could also look at, you know, are you feeling fulfilled or like finding meaning in what you do in the majority of the day? Are you doing what you truly want to do and not what you think other people expect of you and what other people want you to do? And that's what makes this work so difficult is that the answer to feeling better about your timeline isn't what we intuitively think. We all think it's like, okay, the answer to catching up on this timeline is working harder and running faster to make up for lost time. When, like we said earlier, the problem isn't the timeline. There is no timeline. And instead, the problem is the things that you spend your time on every day that are making you feel this way. You see, like it's not the timeline, it's the things you spend your time on. 
And so that requires doing the boring, unappealing work. And this is things like slowing down and asking yourself the hard questions, the things you don't want to think about, bringing emotions that you don't want to feel, things that you're putting away. And so one of the things that I think will help you feel better is just giving yourself that space and time to think and be intentional every day. It doesn't have to be like an hour or anything. It can even be like five minutes thinking about what it is that you want your life to look at. And this will also give you the time and space to, you know, start the action and stop seeing other people as competition or comparisons, but instead maybe even see them and their accomplishments as proof that what you want is possible. That's the thing about things like jealousy and comparison is it gives you a little glimpse and triggered. Oh my God, that's the thing about being triggered and feeling jealous and stuff like that. That gives you a little glimpse into what you actually want because like you can't fake that kind of feeling. Like that is truly how you genuinely feel. And so another thing on that is it's important to just establish like internal metrics for how you want to measure this whole living up to what you want thing because like maybe this whole time you've just been using the wrong measurement and that's what it is. Instead, you know, you've been using numbers or money or followers to measure what you want and instead maybe it would be more helpful if you focused on the internal like what you're feeling and getting out of these things if they're filling up your cup and helping you feel your best like just a simple switch in how you look at the metrics of how you want to measure how everything is going can go a really far way another thing to note is actually feeling behind or stuck can even be an advantage because now it's like you have nothing to lose so you might as well just use that nothing to lose energy into stepping into what you want because there's no pressure there you don't have to live up to anything anything so just that that's good that's a benefit so take that step take ownership of what you can and feel empowered to do with the opportunities that you have and just take action you basically just have to get out of your own way and be on your own team with this because comparing yourself to other people's timelines and establishing some like arbitrary timeline for yourself and feeling helpless and sorry for yourself isn't going to do that so anyways, I believe in you. You're going to do great things and you are meant for every dream that you have out there. I truly believe that like we don't dream of things unless like we were meant to do them, meant to go out there and achieve them or at least try to achieve them. Like there is something meant for you out there in that dream that you have. So just keep chasing it and I promise you that everything will work out. Ah, giving you a little internet hug. You're going to do great. Uh, number two. I need help with telling a patient bad news. I have a lot of anxiety over this. I just feel bad. I feel like I'm letting them down. This is something that I definitely still struggle with. And I think a lot of people do. I think it just, it never really gets easier. It's not really fun, no matter how experienced you are with it. Maybe you get slightly more used to it, but I don't think it's ever going to be fun. Um, and so the approach to this depends a lot on the patient and where they're coming from. Like, you probably know this, but you you first, before you do anything, before you even like meet them it's or really do any work with them, it's important to just assess their understanding and where they're at, but also take into account you and your style. You know, we all have our own little flair of how we are with patients um, and it's unique to us. So I think it just takes time and experience to establish what your style is. So have fun with that and just kind of like play around and see like what feels right for you. But the bottom line is, like I said, it's, it's not going to be fun. We're not going to enjoy it. But something that really blew my mind and helped me better adjust to this was I realized our job is just to deliver the news. Our job isn't to make them feel okay with that. That's a misconception I had. And another pressure that I was putting on my shoulders was to make sure they're okay. You know, we all want to be the hero. We all want to be the person with the great reviews and the patients that are like, oh, thank God. You know, that's why we do this is we, we want that feel good part of the job. But the thing is, that's really not our job 
in our responsibility, right? It's kind of like how like your responsibility is never really how other people feel because they're going to feel how they're going to feel regardless of anything that you do. How people feel is their own responsibility. And so just take that pressure off of yourself because that's really adding a lot of weight to it. I feel like I used to worry a lot about the damage control part of it. I would worry like, how are they going to feel after I tell them this, this like unfortunate prognosis or like, are they going to be mad at me? I used to hate that feeling of like, if they're going to be mad at me because I was afraid, I, I felt the same way genuinely. Like I felt like I was going to be letting down my patient if I told them like the treatment we did didn't work or like something didn't go right. Whether or not it is your fault, that's kind of like out of the question. I feel like that's the stuff that like novices worry about. It's like, oh, it's my fault. It's my fault because we're so like me, 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 me. But the thing is, there's as you see more things, you realize it's actually so complicated. There's so many reasons why treatments fail. There's so many reasons why things don't go the right way. Um, that's like the unfortunate truth. But that should take some of the pressure off of you because at the end of the day, like I said, our job is delivering the news. So what I realized was ultimately I was just jumping two steps too far. I was worrying about anticipating how they would feel. And like I said, that anticipation of how they feel is not our responsibility. But like I said, they're gonna feel how they're gonna feel. So another thing is that there's no point in like softening the blow or anything like that because that tends to muddy the message. So the best way to deliver the news is just to just say it, just be as clear and concise as possible, not giving too much in information but giving them information that is important that you think is, a, is important as the provider but also that you as a provider know that they would care about given like all of your previous interactions and stuff like that so for example when I first meet a patient I'm constantly trying to read them and like what they're all about like I'm like okay what is it that they care about or keep talking about is it finances that they care about or is that not so much is it the long-term prognosis or like time with family? Do they keep mentioning that kind of stuff? Or is it like the time spent in the chair that they're gonna care about or not care about? So some patients will tell you what they care about. And like, that is great. That is great to have a self-aware patient. We love self-aware people, but others might not. Others might not even know what they care about. And like, that's okay too. That's, that's not really like their fault or anything. It's just, you know, how it is. So it's up to us to ask the right questions to get that kind of information from them. I was actually talking to my future boss about this yesterday and he was like, you can't really just go up to a patient and ask them like, what are your goals with this? Like, it's so funny because I feel like in school they teach you like, okay, here's a script of what to say. And you're supposed to be like, hey, Mrs. Smith, nice to meet you. I'm Dr. This. Um, what are your goals? And like, that's just not how humans talk. And that's kind of off-putting actually, because like, it's just, it's just a really broad question. And they're going to be like, literally my goal was just scheduling this appointment and showing up on time. And then you do doing the thing. So instead, it's about reading the patient. And once you dip your toes in the water, figuring out the right questions to ask them in order to learn more, to learn what makes them tick, how they think, what they care about. And that's the, that's the part that gets tough because there's no blueprint for that. I wish I could give you a script and be like, okay, here's the real world script of how you should ask a patient what they care about. Um, but that's really where you come into play. And But that's like the magical thing too about like having patients is that there's such a special bond because only you, uniquely you being who you are, can get that kind of a bond with that patient. So it, maybe it's a good thing that we don't have a script because then you can form such more special bonds than you would if it was as easy as just following a script, you know? Anyways, from there, I think it's a really good way to just frame information, not just unfortunate information, but really any information is from taking that information that you learn from them. I feel like I keep saying the word information. Take a shot every time I say that word. Um, anyways, 
Like I was saying, keeping everything concise and factual is also important because it's just really easy to misconstrue things when you're emotional or upset. So giving them the news in the most direct way possible makes sure that it doesn't get lost in any sort of like emotional translation. And I think another important thing that they don't really teach you in school is like it's important to be okay with the silence that comes after or the uncomfiness that comes after. So a lot of us are used to being like the ones to talk or we're used to being like the show, like the, we, we're the ones that fill the silence and we direct the conversation. Um, that's something funny too, that when I was talking to my boss about this, he was like, yeah, like when I first started, I like didn't realize this, but like I talked a lot about myself. And I think that we all do that. Even being a podcast host, I realized I'm trying to get better at this, but it's really easy. Our natural default is just to talk about ourselves because it's just comfortable. We feel comfortable talking about ourselves. We feel like we have authority on that, but that's not how you should be directing a conversation, especially in this sense with the patient. And so it's just, it's important for the patient to be able to process everything even though it's gonna feel uncomfortable or awkward it's important to be okay with it you don't have to like the silence but you have to be okay and let there be that sitting in the silence thing i know we all want to be the hero and we want to find some kind of silver lining so that it doesn't end all terribly there's nothing wrong with that but the thing is sometimes there is no silver lining that's the really ugly part of working in healthcare and even though, like, I know we all want to be the hero, like I said, the silence is important because it gives the patient space to react, room to think, like, time to handle that news. Like, it just lets the patient be and do what they have to do. Because, like I said, they're going to react how they're going to react. And so I think preparing yourself, you have to prepare the patient, but you also have to prepare yourself for that silence because it's not going to be fun, but it's going to be for the best. And I think a part of delivering tough news happens actually even before the news is to be delivered, as in it's actually about preparing them. It's helpful if you prepare them by before this interaction, like letting them know the odds or like the prognosis of what you're working with, where your understanding is, what you guys currently know and and maybe like the things that you're working on learning about because you don't want the patient to feel like they were blindsided or like this is completely new information or you don't want them to think like, I never knew this was a possibility. So just giving them the time to prepare and process on their own time kind of takes that weight off of you. And another last thing is that I know I said like sometimes you can't really leave things off on a silver lining. I mean, I wish we could just be like, oh, but there's like a positive side to this. But the thing is, you do kind of have to know in your mind how to answer that question that they're going to ask, which is what comes next, because your patient is trusting you to have some sort of follow up options to this. Like the answer won't always be like we can proceed with X, Y, Z. A lot of times the answer isn't clear or maybe there isn't even anything that you can do next. But you need to be able to recognize that and present that information to the patient in a way where, you know, they still have that kind of like option. They can still kind of think about it. And it still feels like there is a plan for what's next because you, you just can't be like, hey, here's the bad news. Okay, bye. You know, like they're looking to you to direct kind of where is the next step. And that's our role as providers. It's, it's sad. It's to be there when things are good, but then it's also to be there and help guide them even more so, actually. It's, it's to be there and to guide them when things are bad. So, ugh. Honestly, I don't think it gets any easier. But then again, what do I know? I've only been, I like just got here. <laughs> I don't know if any old time docs can chime in, but I don't think it ever gets better, but maybe you, you get better at it. And then it kind of keeps you up less at night. I think like what I said earlier is in the beginning, it's really easy to take things personally and think like me, 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 like I made the mistake. I did this. They're going to be mad at me. When in reality, 
there's a lot more to it. They're probably, they might not even be thinking about you in that way. There's a lot of reasons why things happen the way they do. So the more that you see, the more that you'll lessen that pressure off of yourself. Well, lessen the pressure of the things that you shouldn't care about and have a better gauge of the things that you should feel that pressure for. So yeah, anyways, that is all I have this week for Chief Complaints. I hope that you guys enjoyed this. If you guys have any Chief Complaints of your own, please leave. Um, you can DM me at at Dr. Connie Wang on Instagram, or you could do at just a quick pinch on Instagram. And yeah, I would love to hear more of your chief complaints. Let me know. Also, let me know if you guys enjoyed this episode. Please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Would love another bedtime story to read to Jimmy at night. <laughs> and that is all I have for this week. I will see you guys on Tuesday. Tuesday, I have an exciting new format for an episode. I'm really excited for you guys to see it. I think that you guys are going to love it. Um, and yeah, get excited. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Yeah, yeah,